how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Minnesota Vikings, no matter what Vikings fans might say. And despite what some predicted ahead of Sunday, that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me, your host, on Twitter at DHarrison82, David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Locked On Bucks here with you every Monday through Friday, especially following game days on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one win over the Minnesota Vikings. Every dares, you're always there as well, and we greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL, all lowercase, and you'll get a first deposit match up to $100 on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. We're going to talk about Todd Bowles and what he's talking about. And we're going to stash and trash a couple items that we think are important that we want to see moving forward and that we want to see left behind in Minnesota. But first, did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually beat the Minnesota Vikings? And I'm not talking about some crazy multi-dimensional was it a dream and in reality, if you look at the NFL standings right now on Google, the Bucs are actually on one. No, I'm talking about what mostly Vikings fans are talking about, and that is that the Minnesota Vikings lost the week one matchup more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won it. And this is this is a conversation, this is a narrative that gets spun up all the time when a favored team loses a game to an underdog. Where are they drawing the, the stats from? Right? Where are they drawing their evidence to support their claim that the Minnesota Vikings lost the game more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the game? Well, they're drawing it from the same place the Buffalo Bills fans are drawing the same argument on Tuesday morning following a Monday night football debacle where the Buffalo Bills, led by Josh Allen, fell to the New York Jets, led by Zach Wilson. Uh, and that is quarterback turnovers. That's what the Bills mafia is going to be leaning on this morning. That's what the Vikings, whatever they call themselves, are going to be leaning on uh, all week long until they maybe get a win in week two. Why are they saying that? Well, they're saying that because Kirk Cousins threw for 344 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense on Sunday in week one while completing 33 of 44 passes, only 11 incompletions all game long. But he also threw an interception and fumbled the ball twice, losing both of those fumbles. Uh, now, Kirk Cousins, interestingly enough, is a FedEx ground and air uh, player of the week candidate, despite losing at home in week one to a team that you were favored to beat. Uh, I don't know how you can be player of the week in those circumstances, but I'm not FedEx. I'm not the National Football League. I'll leave that to them. So basically what Vikings fans are saying is look at all the yards he threw for. If he doesn't give the ball away three times, then the Vikings win that game. And the argument of if you don't turn the ball over, you might win a game as old as football. No, duh. But that does not mean that the game was given away as Vikings fans would like to say. So let's not pretend here, Minnesota folks who are not Buccaneers fans. Shout out to Yousef, who is a Buccaneers fan, who's in Minnesota. Uh, Yousef, the voicemail line, we appreciate your call, but the voicemail line no longer active on the show because 
the transfer process is a is a huge nightmare. Uh, so we unfortunately for that, but we do appreciate your call anyway. We, we love hearing from you, so we're glad you enjoyed the game. But the idea that the Buccaneers were gifted these turnovers is just incredibly false, and not just from a this is a Buccaneers show, so we want to tell Buccaneers fans good stuff. Like factually, the Buccaneers were not gifted anything in this game. The closest you could come would be the first fumble by Kirk Cousins because you could say that, well, the, the Buccaneers didn't cause that fumble. A Vikings lineman knocked the ball out of the Vikings quarterback's hands. Therefore, they gifted them the ball. Okay, well, let's dive into that a little bit, shall we? That would be the end of the conversation. Vikings lineman knocked the ball out of Vikings quarterback's hand. Buccaneers fall on the ball. It's a gift. If, if, you, you could say that if, the fact that these NFL teams prepare for things like this. Literally, the, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line trains for if there is a fumble at the snap, what do we do? The running backs train for it. The tight ends train for it. The quarterbacks train for it. So does the Buccaneers defensive line. When this happened in the game, here's what happened. After both teams have practiced for these exact scenarios, when the ball comes out of Cousins' hands, Cousins and Buccaneers defensive lineman Mike Green, who just happened to be directly in front of Kirk Cousins as this play was unfolding because that's his pass rush lane, are the only two players that react to this ball initially. As the ball is coming out of Kirk Cousins' hands, they're the only two guys on the field that, boom, know that it's happening in real time. I assume fumble was yelled, right? But soon after that fumble call, Green is then joined to try to find the ball by Buccaneers linebacker Devin White, defensive back Christian Nizian, and outside linebacker Joe Tryon Shoinka, who ends up coming with the coming up with the ball and getting the recovery. Cousins, meanwhile, is joined by Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madison, who is five yards away when the ball is bouncing around on the ground. And actually, he spots the ball, tries to make a beeline for it, and ends up getting blocked away from the ball uh, by uh, by the same guard that knocked the ball out, who is now moving away from the play uh, because he was cleared out by Devin White in his pursuit of getting the football. Another Vikings lineman kind of looks at the ball like he looks down and says, oh, look, football. And then he looks back up and says, let me block Devin White instead of going for the ball. I promise you that is not how the Minnesota Vikings train the fumble drill at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they don't train like Cam Newton does. They train like football players do. So let's recap here. Minnesota Vikings guard knocks the ball loose. Kirk Cousins looks at it, kind of looks at it like he's going to go for it. Doesn't really ever fully commit to going for it. Instead, he kind of just stands behind a bunch of big guys bouncing around like he's going to do something, but he instead he ends up doing his best impression of former Atlanta Braves third baseman Chris Johnson, pretending that he wants to fight Jose Fernandez after he hits his first career home run. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's pretty funny, and you'll see what I mean. And shout out to me for a baseball reference. That's right, James. Eat your heart out. The one lineman gets completely turned away. Okay, that's a football play, but he gets blown out of the play, so you lose, while another kind of does something productive, but kind of doesn't really. Meanwhile, Three Buccaneers converge on the ball, right? The football uh, with a fourth coming in, Christian Isian, looking for smoke. And in the end, a fumble that happened at the line of scrimmage at the snap exchange ends up in a dog pile of one Buccaneer player, Joe Tryon Schwinka. That is it. When the ball is, is on the ground, one player ends up on the ground. Now, after Joe lands on the ball, a Vikings player does push another Buccaneer on top of him. So if you want to get technical about it, the dog pile is two Buccaneers. That's not how you train that, guys. So Vikings fans, I know what you want to say, uh, but the bottom line is 
your players did not execute that scenario properly from snap to finish, and you lost. You got beat by the team that executed better, a thousand times better, in my opinion. You be the judge. That's all right. But we got two more turnovers to talk about. Next, another fumble on the Vikings' very next drive, and I love this play. Third and six on the Vikings' 30-yard line in a nothing-nothing game. Third and six means the NFL quarterbacks expect pressure, and you know you got to get it out on time, get it out early, or throw the ball away if you're not a runner. And Kirk Cousins is not a runner. Live to punt, come back on the next series. That is the objective on any third and eight play. Here, the Buccaneers present a five-man front, three down defensive linemen across from the right side of the Vikings offensive line, two standing on the line of scrimmage, Shaquille Barrett and Levante David on the left side of the Vikings offensive line. At the snap, Devin White and Antoine Winfield crash down on blitzes on to the right side of the Vikings offensive line. So now you got three offensive linemen on five rushing defenders and Shaq Barrett drops off from his line of scrimmage alignment and drifts back behind the blitz, anticipating a hot to that side of the formation. Minnesota's running back uh, picks up Devin White, leaving Antoine Winfield Jr. free and clear, while Cousins' first read is covered by Christian Izian. Cousins holds the ball, hoping that his receiver is going to come clear instead of moving on to his next read, throwing the ball, or getting rid of it. In the same side of the field that Jordan Addison is actually coming free on a curl route at the sticks, that's his second read. Kirk doesn't even get to the second read. Kirk wants more time. Tampa Bay didn't give it to him. That's called being beat, Vikings fans. Finally, the interception. Come on, bro. K.J. Osborne is a fourth-year NFL wide receiver, and he got sunned by an undrafted rookie cornerback after making the catch. Todd Bowles even said in his post-game press conference, his, his, his day-after press conference, K.J. Osborne caught the ball. Christian Izzy stuck an arm in there and said, give it to me. To me, that's a fumble. That should be a fumble on K.J. Osborne, not an interception on Cousins. Although, I'm sure that Christian Izzy and happy to have the interception in his stat box over the fumble, but I'm sure he'll also take both. Uh, but bottom line is, in all three of those instances, whether it's through better execution, through better anticipation of what your opponent was going to try to do, or how you, and, 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 and again, how you don't see a Todd Bowles blitz coming on third and eight, Kirk Cousins, I will never understand. Or, if it's just the Buccaneers undrafted rookies bullying your Vikings veterans to give up the rock, the Buccaneers beat the Vikings. So if anybody out there in your water cooler, in your office, in your fantasy football group, in your DMs is telling you that the Vikings defeated themselves, feed them everything that I just gave you and tell them to swallow that hole because that is how that game went down. We're going to stash those wins all year long, just like we'll stash some other features of the defense and how impressed I was by Devin White in his first regular season action. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. As we get into the NFL season, make sure you get into FanDuel and everything that's happening over there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are opening this week as three-point home favorites over the Chicago Bears. And given that home teams traditionally get a three-point head start, Vegas is really telling you they don't know who's going to win this game despite the two teams' vastly different performances in week one. Right now, new customers, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, every customer, new or old, who uh, who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday Ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I took advantage of that deal. I hope you do, too. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks again, Bucks Nation, for making Locked On Bucks first listen or view of the day. Every day, make sure you come back tomorrow. James will be back along with Evan Klosky, WTSP 10, Tampa Bay. I am David Harrison here with you solo today. Um, we've got some schedule discussions happening here for Locked On Bucks early in the season. Some exciting stuff that hopefully will end up providing more content for you, Bucks fans. More on that to come as we get through the week. You might be a little bit surprised this uh, Thursday coming up. So make sure you come back for that as well. Time for stash it and trash it. Our weekly post game segment where James and I stash something we saw in the bucks game for use again next week. And we trash something that we want no parts of moving forward. I'm going to start with myself because I'm selfish and I'm greedy. My stash fast defense. Todd Bowles talked about this again in his day after press conference as well, that we will hear a little bit from today. Uh, but Name a guy, Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White, Christian Izian, Zion McCollum, who I know is special teams, but he's a defender. So I'm going to throw him in there. Uh, Levante, I mean, everybody, right? Everybody on the defense was playing fast. And when you're playing fast, even in your deficiencies, as long as you're playing fast, coaches can help you. So Christian Izian, like, had a great game, I think, for an undrafted rookie free agent, his first NFL game. Did he have a perfect game? No, absolutely not. Uh, the, the touchdown, Jordan Addison, blown coverage. It's going to happen. But the good news is it happened playing fast. I know this sounds weird, right? But if you're doing your best, if you're going 100%, then as a coach, I can work with you. I can tweak you left and right. But here's the problem if you're not playing 100%. Because if you're not playing 100%, what's probably happening is you're thinking and you're overthinking. I can't control your brain, right? What I can control is what you're supposed to be thinking. So if you're thinking what I want you to think, but you thought the wrong thing, that's easy. That's a simple click to the left or the right. Hey, bro, you thought A, I want you to think B. Click. Now, next time, think B. Go. But if you're sitting there going, is it A, is it B, is it D, is it C, is it F? Bro, that's too much for me to untangle. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that this Buccaneers defense, even in some of the mistakes that happened, even in giving up 300-plus passing yards to Kirk Cousins, they were doing it fast. And for a defensive coordinator, defensive coaching staff, you can work with that. Devin White, meanwhile, leads the team with 12 tackles. Devin White played with his hair on fire. I absolutely loved it. And those there were questions, right? Is Devin White going to come in here looking like get live 45? Or is Devin White going to come in here looking like goodbye 45? And he came in looking like the Devin White that everybody wants to see, that everybody wants to see get paid. Like if Devin White in Minnesota is the Devin White we see all season long, I'm confident that media, fans, team alike, everybody's going to say, give this man a new contract. Now, how much of a new contract? That's going to be the sticking point, but everybody's going to at least want to see him come back. But coming into this game, you guys know, we see it in our YouTube comments. We see it on Twitter. We see it in our email inbox. There are a lot of people who are done with Devin, but I think this game will start to win the hearts and minds back for Devin White if this is what we see all season long. Again, led the team with 12 tackles, both Devin White, Levante, David, double-digit tackles. And, of course, Levante needs to earn no love back. Uh, I was really happy to see him come back in the game after he got demolished by Vita Vea on accident, obviously. Uh, I know I'm sure Vita felt really bad for that too, but happy to see him come back in the game and that he's okay. Also, Antoine Winfield Jr., my guy. I predicted him for a lot of stuff this preseason, making me look smart. Antoine Winfield Jr. everywhere. If this is the Antoine Winfield Jr. we get, first of all, he's going to set some records because he did a lot. Uh, but second of all, my prediction of him, defensive player of the year, all pro caliber safety, one of the best safeties in the NFL, absolutely going to come true. So really happy for Antoine Winfield Jr. Not only doing it week one for his team, but doing it in Minnesota where his father played a huge chunk of his career and where uh, Antoine basically called home, played football, uh, college football in Minnesota, right? So really happy 
for Antoine Winfield Jr. Also really happy for Christian Izian running around fast, coming up with a big interception. Uh, again, should have been a fumble, but interception's fine. Uh, did have some UDFA moments like we talked about, but let's not get it twisted. He came up really big for this team uh, in a lot of moments. And I know that there were some people who were nervous about starting a UDFA uh, in the slot there. Buccaneers defense had six tackles for losses and two sacks in the game. Oh, and Zion McCollum, the guy that I threw in there, came up with two really great special teams tackles. So really happy to see all of the defenders flying around. The thing I was not happy about on the defense is what I'm going to trash, and that is Kalijah Kansi's health issues. And look, this is not strategic. You can't blame anybody here for it. You don't blame Kalijah Kansi either. Uh, but here's what here's what I'll say about this. If Kalijah Kansi is not healthy, and that's a relative term, then I would like to see the Buccaneers rest him. I know he's a rookie. He's your first round. You want to get him out there. He showed, you know what I mean? First game, didn't have much of a preseason, yet he's still making an impact early on in the game. Um, but I want to see him longer than I do earlier, if that makes sense. Now, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not in the training staff, right? So there are some injuries, like hamstring injuries sometimes. Like sometimes you get to the point where like, it's as good as it's going to get. So you're either going to play or you're not going to play at all this season, but it's not getting any better until you have an off season to really rest it for months at a time uh, without overstraining it. So if that's where we're at, that's where we're at. I just want to see Kalijah Kansi healthy, man, because I think this kid has a lot of talent and I would like to see him be able to put it on full display. So that's the only thing I'm going to trash is Kalijah Kansi's health issues. That doesn't mean that's the only thing that the Buccaneers went wrong with. I just really wanted to talk about that uh, here on the episode. James sent me in his stash and trash, his trash, Robert Hainsey's shotgun snaps. Yeah, buddy. Uh, as long as they're unpredictable, let's stash uh Baker Mayfield's hands, right? Like Baker Mayfield had to save Robert Hainsey on a couple, a couple of snaps there. Uh, look, hopefully that's going to get better. You know what I mean? This isn't Robert Hainsey's first time in the center rodeo. So maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it was a one game off, uh, but you know, whatever it is, Robert Hainsey's got to get that fixed because uh, you can't have bad snaps consistently affecting this offense moving forward. James's stash running back usage and run plays. Turns out James is a closet Sun Devil fan. I welcome him into the Arizona state fan circle. Uh, took their first loss of the season this last weekend, Oklahoma State. Kind of saw it coming, but it's okay. We still love them. Uh, the Bucks threw the ball 34 times, ran it 33 times officially. But it wasn't quite that balance of a play-calling day from Dave Canales as Baker was also sacked once, so that's a drop back, and he had some scramble rushes. So it was more of a 40-pass play to 28-run play uh, play-calling split, so really not balanced, but that's okay. When you've got a quarterback, especially that can turn a pass call into a run play and do it well and effectively, that's not a bad thing necessarily, especially when he's talking trash to Minnesota Vikings defenders in the process. Rashad White, meanwhile, 17 carries for 39 yards. Sean Tucker added five for 15 yards. Ultimately, the Buccaneers ran 33 times for 73 yards. It's a 2.2 yards per carry average, which is not great. But they did run for five first downs, three more than Minnesota did. And they did have four fourth quarter first downs coming after run plays. So that's what I would call effective running not necessarily highlight running, right? And I mean, again, your fantasy team probably didn't benefit from Buccaneers running backs very much, but your favorite team did, absolutely. So that about wraps up what James and I thought about this game. And yes, I did pick the Vikings to win, so I'll pause so you can all boo me for just a few seconds. All right, now let's hear what Todd Bowles thinks of his team's performance in our newest segment that I literally created on my own just before I recorded this episode without James's knowledge or agreement to talking about Todd. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Today's episode of Locked on Bucks brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, daily fantasy sports, because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, 
you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really that simple to play. And I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on Prize Picks, I'm taking Giants running back Saquon Barkley for more than 60 yards of offense. And I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, for more than two passing touchdowns. There's no way the same thing happens to him that happened in week one. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to, lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25%. To provide even more value, Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay as well for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NFL and the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. <laughs> this episode of Locked On Bucks, and we're going to introduce a new segment that will or will not continue into the future. I don't know. We'll find out what James thinks of it after he listens to it or watches it. And it's called Talking About Todd. Uh, basically, here's the deal. Todd Bowles talks to the media after every game. He talks to the media every Monday following the game, uh, and he talks about stuff. So we're going to talk about stuff that Todd is talking about. First of all, we're going to talk about his decision to throw at the end of the game to get the final first down that ultimately led to the Buccaneers' first win of the season. Todd, the decision to close that at the end, completion to Godwin, the decision to throw for it on, on third down instead of just running out, the trying to run a little bit more off the clock, is that just confidence in in Dave Canales and the players on the field to just kind of stay aggressive and, and get that knockout? Yeah, if you want to beat a team like that and their place going up the first game of the year, you can't play conservative. We, we wanted to go for the win. We knew that going in. Uh, Dave made a great call. Chris is very reliable. He made a great catch. And Baker was playing a good ball game in the second half. All right, once again, that was Todd Bowles talking about their decision, his, Dave Canales' decision to throw the ball uh, towards the end of the game there to get the final first down needed to run the clock out on the Minnesota Vikings. And I just got to throw a lot of praise out there to Todd Bowles, to Dave Canales. And I'm not saying that every you know third down play towards the end of the game you need a first down to close out should be a pass play. But what I'm saying is, the, the inspiration to do that based on winning the football game, right? You, you coach to win, don't coach not to lose. I hate when we see teams coach not to lose. And that's, you know, going conservative is different than coaching not to lose. There, there is a, there's a line there. And the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed on Sunday, they're absolutely in this thing coaching to win football games. So I absolutely want to praise that. I've also praised Devin White a good amount here on today's episode. Todd Bowles also did a little bit talking about Devin White and also linebacker Levante David. So let's hear from Todd again. Can you speak to the game Devin White had? It looked really good initially. When you go back and watch the tape, it might be even better in terms of being assignment sound, sniffing out screens, and just tackling uh, with strings. He played fast. I mean, he played him and Levante, and you know, both of them played all over the field. It was if it wasn't one, it was the other one. They did a good job finding the hider and the bootlegs, and they did a good job cleaning up plays that the D line set up for them. They did a good job flying around. Period. And you know, both of them had double digit tackles. Both of them were all over the place. I thought you know they really showed their leadership. All right. Once again, T Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles talking about Devin White, talking about Levante David. Uh, their play, their fast play, cleaning up plays, double-digit tackles for both guys. Really, yeah, you know, just reiterating what Todd Bulls said, they really showed their leadership on the field out there and and definitely brought 
a lot of energy to an upset win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Finally, a unit that we have been talking a lot about this offseason, the offensive line. Todd Bowles asked about their week one performance on Monday. So here it is. For the offensive line, there was one sack allowed, only one or two penalties. What were your thoughts on, on their play in terms of their pass protection? thought they played tough. You know, I thought they did a heck of a job considering all the looks they got. They were sending a lot of pressure all the time. They were almost blitzing every other play, if not every play almost. At least it looked that way. And I thought those guys stood in there. Obviously, technique can get a little better from the first game, but I thought they stood in there tough. All right, once again, Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles on Monday speaking to media. Uh, offensive line, I think they played a lot better than I think a lot of us expected. Cody Mal coming out healthy, aggressive, uh, outside of the Robert Hainsey shotgun snaps. You know, not perfect again by any means. Certainly a lot to, to continue to build on. But I think a solid performance for a week one offensive line that we've had a lot of questions about. And if they as long as they continue to get better, should turn into a fairly solid unit. Uh, shout out to left tackle Tristan Wirfs, man. Uh, he is him, as the kids like to say these days. Truly uh, one of the best in the league. The Buccaneers are super fortunate to get him in the middle of the first round. Imagine that. Like, you know how many teams are out there kicking themselves? because they let Tristan Wirfs make it to the middle of the first round. Uh, that's absolutely insane. So that's going to wrap up today's episode. Bucks fans coming up tomorrow, WT at WTSP Wednesday. Evan Klosky will be back with James Jarko. So every day, make sure you come through for that episode like you do all of the other episodes. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, leave them in the YouTube comments. Email them to LockdownBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DHarrison82. James at JRCO underscore Bucks, the show at LockdownBucks. Thanks so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day, every day, again, every day. Thank you for coming through and making us a consistent part of your routine, part of your day. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, fire the cannons. We'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>